Hello and welcome to Being Boss, episode number 71. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. Today, we are so excited to have Katie Galebout on our podcast. You guys might know her from her own podcast, Wellness Wonderland. Um, Katie is a writer. She does workshops. She's a blogger. She's a speaker. And there's so much to Katie. But what I want you guys to really know about her is that she's one of the most positive people I've ever met online. Like she's constantly loving on our Instagram posts. And I feel like I've really gotten to know her through even our Facebook group. Um, But Katie is like super talented too. She's a contributor for Refinery29, Mind Body Green, and her work has been featured in Teen Vogue, Glamour, Yahoo Health, and The Daily Mail. Okay, you guys, we've been talking about journaling and getting started with that. And one of the cool things about Katie's book is that she has a journaling prompt all about manifesting money. But I think that one of the best ways you can start to manifest more money is to keep track of it. And that's where FreshBooks comes in. So hang with me here. But I truly think that you attract more of what you track. So try out FreshBooks for free today by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. You'll be able to track your income and your expenses. You'll be able to invoice and bill like a boss. And you guys, you're going to make more money. So try it out. Trust me. All right, let's get back to the show. And we're super excited because Katie's first book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, is being published with Hay House, and it is out now, and you guys can get it. And so, Katie, welcome to our show. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. As you know, I'm a total fangirl of the show. I've been with you guys since the very first episode came out and never looked back. So it's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I love it. Well, I found you, I guess, because you found us. And I have been binging on your podcast, which has been out for quite some time. Do you feel like you are kind of ahead of the curve whenever it comes to podcasting? Yeah, I kind of do. So I started that podcast in 2013, um, which back then nobody really knew what podcasts were, I think. Um, It was pre-serial, so when I would say I had a podcast, now still there are some people, a lot of older people and just some people in general who are like, still questionable of what they really, if they know what that means or not. But back then I felt like everybody was like, what's a podcast? You mean a blog? You know, (laughs) Um, where I think now podcasts are kind of like what blogs were 10 years ago where like everybody has a podcast. But yeah, I really felt a little bit ahead of the curve, which was which was really cool because it gave me a way to network with people. You know, I think podcasting is the new networking now in a lot of ways because it, I really used it as an opportunity because I didn't have much of an audience or really any of an audience back then. I used it as an opportunity to have conversations with people I thought were fascinating and cool and interesting and get an hour of their time for free. And, you know, by this 
premise of there's people listening to our conversation and we're recording it, then they would talk to me and I would just ask them things that, that I was curious about from a very authentic place. And I'm so grateful to those first 10, 20 guests who came on the podcast because, like I said, there weren't many people listening, but now that eventually has grown and the people listening to the podcast now end up you know, going back and listening to the archives. So now there are like thousands of people listening to those early episodes. So I'm so glad that, that the people back then said yes. But yeah, I feel like podcasting itself has grown a lot since 2013. I love that you use podcasting as a networking platform. Yeah. That is so genius and amazing and hysterical to me. So like um, of all the people I guess you've interviewed, who has been your favorite? Oh my gosh, you can't ask me that. That is such a, um, that's such a, like, it's like picking your favorite child. That's such a challenging question. I really. Which everyone does. (laughs) Well, you do because you only have one, both of you. And I'm an only child too, so I guess my parents can too. Um, But no, I don't know. I mean, I think this is kind of a lame answer to that question, but I really do think that everyone who has come on the show has brought a really special thing to the podcast, you know, and usually it's not what I thought it was going to be, right? Like if I had, and you guys probably can relate to this as well, but when I have someone on who has a program launching or a book launching or whatever, of course, you know, that will come up because it's what they're excited about through for their business or their career or, you know, creatively. So, you know, it's going to come up and that's fantastic. But usually the piece of information that I'm most excited about and I want to flesh out more with them is just something that we can connect on on a human level. You know, it might be about their kids or it might be about, you know, something personally in their life that they just went through. Like one that's popping into my mind right now is um, Jess Mernan, who hosts the One Part Plant podcast, which is a fantastic podcast that um, that I really love. She came on my show a couple years ago and she had just adopted a baby. And we didn't really talk about podcasting or her blog for a while. We just talked about Adoption, because I'd never, I'd always been curious about adoption, but I never really thought about it, and I'd never really thought about the process, and I was really curious about it. So I got to ask a lot of these questions that I was curious about, and you know, what to say when someone adopts a baby, and and kind of how navigating that socially, um, and it was it was really fascinating. So I think you know, it's always the thing that you might not think will be the fascinating thing about the conversation, I think that is always where all the juice is, you know, and and my podcast is really long form and it's getting longer because a lot of my favorite podcasts that I listen to are comedy podcasts that are, you know, one of my favorites, Pete Holmes. um, I love him. Yeah, he's like, oh my gosh, he's the best. And like his podcast is sometimes, you know, close to three hours. And, And he, I think he said before too that, you know, people don't really get comfortable until and forget that they're recording until like a half an hour to an hour in. And I think that that's I've really seen that to be true. And so I think, you know, I've had some people who are super well known and very established in their careers and they're great. They're a great interview and I really am so grateful that they came on the podcast, but I think some of my favorite have been people that I'm familiar with but maybe not a lot of other people know about. 
And I get to really be the curator and introduce people to something that, or someone rather, that I'm really excited about and passionate about and take my time with the conversation and just get to know them as a person live on the podcast along with everyone else. And I think that's really magical and special. And actually, you know, speaking of Pete Holmes, I had his girlfriend Valerie on um, just before Christmas last year. And I think we ended up talking for like three hours. The podcast was close to three hours and it was just such a real conversation. It was so just grounded and true and honest. And I think that's probably one of my favorites or one that comes to mind because it was just so authentic and real and it can just be a real conversation that people are eavesdropping on. And I even said this, I think in the podcast episode, I was like, I honestly forgot we were recording and just was talking to you as a friend. And that's what's so special is I've met some of my best friends on the internet. Like I know both of you have, I know that's how you guys met each other and me and so many other people, but I've gotten to interview them, get to know them on the air and then go visit them and go, you know, hang out with them and stay with them. And they've become some of my, my very best friends. So I'm so grateful to my podcast. I'm so grateful I started it when I did. I'm so excited for the future of it. I I love this platform so much and, you know, love every Tuesday waking up to a new episode of your podcast and every Wednesday putting out one of mine and it's I've been saying this, you know, a lot lately, I guess is that, you know, in the past when I was younger, I would watch TV and I would know like, oh, Thursday nights, Friends is on or whatever, and I'd be excited. And now I feel that way about podcasts. Like I know the ones that come out each day. I'm excited for the new week for like, you know, my new subscriptions to get on my phone. And it's like magazines. You know, when I was younger, I'd be excited for a magazine to come in the mail. And and that's really how I feel about my podcast subscription. Subscription. That's a hard word to say. I can so relate. And I wanted to share that I feel the same way you do about getting to know your guests, of course, about our own guests here on Being Boss, but also whenever I'm a guest on another podcast, I never really know what I'm going to say. And I was on um, one part podcast and ended up talking the whole time to Jess about circumcision. Like, and I had no plan about talking about that, but it's just, um, it's so funny whenever you are opening yourself up to having real conversation and receiving real conversation, what that will lead to. Yeah, I remember that episode. I listened to that episode and my friend was pregnant at the time and has since had her baby, but I sent that episode to her and it was fantastic. That's my favorite thing is just, you know, this this is why it's such a fun platform to come on as a guest because like you said, you don't have to prepare anything at all. It was kind of nice today. I just got out my podcast mic and I didn't have to, you know, put together any bullet points. I just get to show up and hang out with you guys. It's fantastic. Totally. So, okay, let's talk about your book. Um, which is all about journaling and journaling prompts. And I believe that there's something so magical that happens whenever you put pen to paper. And it's something that I've been doing a lot more lately, a lot more journaling and personal writing, sometimes in a notebook, sometimes on a post-it note, sometimes on my computer, sometimes in Evernote, sometimes in Google Docs. I'm kind of all over the place. But I think that journaling has so much power to it. I think that it's this really awesome mind-body connection. It helps you be aware of what's going on with yourself in life and in business. So I would love to hear what inspired you to write this book about journaling and maybe how journaling has affected your own life. 
Yes. I like to say that I'm not a journaling expert because a lot of people are calling me that lately now that this book has come out, but I'm just a journaling cheerleader and a journaling enthusiast, I guess. And it all started a couple years ago. I was in this different place. I had just graduated from college or I was graduating from college soon and I was trying to recover from an eating disorder. So I was surrounded by therapists and mentors and just a lot of people concerned with me and a lot of support around me, which was great, especially during that time, obviously. But I just felt so alone in all of that and I just really didn't know myself at all. I was trying to do, you know, all the things I thought I was supposed to do. And, you know, that time after graduation from college, trying to, and you guys have, I think, addressed this a little bit too, like figuring out what you want to do with your life is is really a big thing, you know? And I think I'm still figuring that out and I probably will be until I'm like 90. But I was, you know, grappling with that on top of this whole other thing with my body and my relationship to food and my relationship to myself. And, I needed to sort through all the different thoughts and emotions I had in my mind, and no, nothing was really helping at all. I was going to therapy, I was working with so many coaches and dietitians and people around me all the time, but I just felt really lost. And I remember this specific moment, I walked into a bookstore because I had a gift card that I think I like got for my birthday or something. And I just saw the stationery area and I saw this pretty colorful journal and I was just like, I'm going to buy that and write in it. Like nobody told me to journal and I just started and I realized through all of that, while I had all these mentors and people around me, I needed to become my own mentor and I needed to get to know myself. And the way for me to do that was through journaling. And so it was summer and I remember I just spent a lot of time sitting outside alone and writing about my feelings. And I realized that I feel a lot of feelings and I didn't really talk about my feelings with my family growing up and I didn't really talk about them with my peers either. Even though I had great friends and great family, it just wasn't something that we did. We talked about other people. We talked about, not in like a gossipy way even necessarily, but just that's kind of I think what what you do when you're younger and you don't really want to connect with people. So I just felt like devoid of feeling my feelings and my emotions. And so I just started writing in this journal and I started processing what was going on in my mind and I started to write out my dreams and my goals and my vision for what I wanted in my life and I started to write out how I was actually feeling this like raw real stuff of like that I would never want anyone to read but I felt comfortable or I was I didn't even want to say I didn't even want to say to my therapist because I was afraid. I was afraid of judgment. I think even with someone really safe, like a super safe friend or a therapist, there's this little bit of filtering that happens mm-hmm. when you speak to them. Totally. And yeah, because you they're another person, you know, and so they come to it with their experience and their so I would find that, you know, like even though I was sitting across from my therapist, I would be like well, I want her to like me, you know, like, uh, what, what does she feel that way too? And I would always, I remember it like in therapy, I would always say like, do, does everyone say that? You know, like, do, like I always, I, I'm really nostalgic. Does everyone say that? Is that normal? Like I was constantly trying to like, you know, legitimize myself or like see what she thought and all of that. And I really just needed to see what I thought. And so journaling was the first place where I was able to be 100% authentic, 100% real with myself. 
And then by doing that, then I was able to be more real in my relationships, in my you know work on myself, personal development-wise, and therapy, and all these other ways. But I had to first sort through all the thoughts in my mind and get them out on paper and deal with them. I just literally let them out of my mind. That's why I came up with the title of the book, obviously. So it was just so cathartic for me to do that. And years later, I was talking to friends about it. I ended up starting to mentor people through the work that I was doing on my blog and mentoring people about blogging and body image and all of these things. And I would always recommend journaling, obviously, because it had such a positive impact on my life. And every time I did, I would immediately get smack like, you know, I don't, I'm not a writer, I wouldn't have anything to say, or, you know, I don't have time to journal, or all this resistance from people. Really intense resistance. And so I ended up needing to guide people through it a little bit more because I'm not a writer, and I didn't really have anything to say, but somehow I found it useful, and I found it I have a hard time believing that to be true, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But, you know, I think now it's, like, slightly different, but I still don't really identify as that. It's something that, you know, I've really, like, grown into, and so I really started to hold people's hand through the process of journaling, and just explaining to people that this type of writing is innate to all of us. If you can write a text message, you can journal. If you can write an email, you can journal. If you can have a conversation with someone, you can journal. It's essentially having a conversation with yourself. It's a really great way to get to know yourself by getting in touch with your intuition by having a conversation with your intuition. And I know you guys have talked about this before a couple episodes ago, but that's really a positive thing for your life, for your business, for your relationships, for every area of your life. And so that's that's essentially why I wrote the book and, and how I wrote the book about it, out of a need for myself and a need for everyone else to try this practice that really was so transformative for me. So I broke up the book into different sections, and there's tools to get organized, tools to feel your feelings, tools to reveal, tools to heal, tools about business, tools about relationships, everything in between. It's like, I keep saying it's like a scavenger hunt for your mind because it really holds your hands through it and guides you to just give it a try. One thing that I love so much about journaling that we get asked about all the time on Being Boss is how do you find your voice? People are constantly asking, how do I find my voice? How do I find my voice? How do I know who I am? How do I blend the personal with the professional? How do I have a personal brand? And I always tell people you find your voice by using your voice. And I think that journaling is such a safe place to explore what your voice is. So, okay, I have so many questions, but one of my questions is, and something that I've struggled with when journaling, and I'm wondering if you've experienced this also, is kind of a balancing act, and this is true for conversations too, of commiserating with your journal, letting out all the bad stuff. Like I know that if you've ever done morning pages, sometimes it's about just getting the bad stuff out, getting the insecurities out. But sometimes I find that, I'm only journaling whenever I'm in a bad mood or that like I can kind of get stuck in complaining mode in my journal. But at the same time, I don't want to be Pollyanna-ish with myself if there is something I need to, you know, if it would be cathartic to write about a hard experience or what's on my mind. So I'm curious how you strike the balance between being positive and being real, even whenever there's no one around to misunderstand or judge 
or not like you for what you're saying. Like, how do you strike that own balance in your heart and mind whenever you're journaling? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think there's there's a couple of things I want to say about that. So firstly, you know, I think when it comes to journaling, I say that it's not journaling if you're not being authentic and raw and real. You know, it's not journaling anymore. You're writing still and that's fantastic, but you're writing if you're writing for someone else and for someone for the purpose for someone else to see it, then it's not really journaling anymore. It might be you might be writing a blog post and like that's fantastic and sometimes your journaling might turn into a blog post or a newsletter or a conversation you need to have with someone later, but for the purposes of like essentially journaling, you have to make it so it's just for you. So that takes away some of the fear of judgment like we were talking about before. And then as far as, you know, staying in the negative, as we know, you know, isn't really healthy. It's not a really a healthy thing to stew in the negative and really like live there. However, it's also not a positive thing to just skim over it and like go right to the positive. You have to feel your feelings, right? We have all these feelings and these thoughts in our minds that we don't want to feel. So many of us, you know, eat over them or we, you know, not eat over them or we, you know, restrict our food over them or we drink over them or we do, you know, drugs over them or we work over them. And, you know, I've done a little bit of all of it, right? Like, but eventually you have to feel your feelings um, for them to release and for you to feel relief. So... Journaling is a really healthy way to do that. But again, it's about getting it out, letting it out of your mind onto the page so you can sort through it and decide from there, you know, what is true and what are just lingering beliefs from maybe from childhood or from the past that are maybe holding you back that you picked up, you know, like Velcro. Like we, you know, we're like a tumbleweed or we're like a snowball, right? Like we pick up stuff as a child and as a teenager and into adulthood that some of it is good stuff that we want to keep, like Velcro that we want to keep. And then some of it's Velcro that doesn't really serve us. Or maybe it was fear from the past that served us at one point in our life, but now we're ready to let go of. But our mind might not know that yet. But by actually getting it out of your head onto the page, you can see it in front of you and kind of sort through it. So what I say is absolutely let it all out. Just like sometimes you feel, or I know, I'll speak for myself, I feel a lot of relief when I call a really close friend and I just let out the shame and the guilt that I might be feeling about something, and I just let it out to them, immediately I just feel relief that it's not in my mind and I'm not the only one that knows about it, right? So sometimes that can be really helpful. But then you don't want to just, like, stay in that, right? So it's the same thing with your journal, you know? Like, let it out onto the page, and then you'll you'll find that you'll start to self-soothe. You know, when I, I have a exercise, the very first exercise in the book, actually, it's called the morning dump, and it's based on... <laughs> The yeah, sounds like poop. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like poop. Um, But yeah, it's based on Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way's morning pages um, with a little bit more direction and a little bit more um, thoughts to think about as you go through it. But the first part of it is is just that. It's to let out all of those, you know, maybe you had a weird dream or you woke up feeling weird or you woke up feeling lethargic or, you know, whatever. Get it out of your head. Get it onto the page. That's the first thing. And I'll find, you know, when I start to do that exercise, like the morning pages or the dump or whatever, when I start to go through that, 
it's really interesting, and I wonder if this happens to you guys, I start to self-soothe, right? So I'm like going down the page, I'm writing out all this negative stuff, but by the end, I find that I'm saying, well, you know, yesterday was horrible, but today is better, and I can do this to improve, right? And so I think getting it out is important, but then immediately after, you know, asking yourself a good question, you'll get a good answer from your intuition. So if you ask yourself a bad questions. If you ask yourself a question like, why is everything so terrible? You know, I can write for pages on that, no problem. But if you choose to reframe that question, you know, get out what you need to get out, but then reframe the question and say, how can I make this current situation better? You know, what are some things I can do? And then free write on that, you know? So just you guys, everyone listening to this, you guys are all smart, you know, like your bosses, right? So like, you know that if you're staying in a negative story in your journal and you're really pulling yourself in there deeper and deeper and deeper, you know when it's okay and you just need to let it out and when you need to sort through it, when you need to change the story and be like, all right, yes, I'm feeling really bad about my body today, but actually what's going on is I'm feeling lonely or, you know, take that negative feeling or emotion and, and get to what's underneath it, you know? Like I say in the book, it's like journaling for me, it's like skimming the pond, right? It's like taking a little thing and skimming all of the lily pads and stuff, scum on the top of the pond and like skimming it away so you can get to the clear water underneath it. So in your mind, it's like taking away all the negative stuff and getting to the clear thought forms underneath all of that, the new ideas, all the good stuff, all the creativity. It's all under all of your limiting beliefs, your fear, your negativity. It's all under there. You got to just skim it to get to it. Does that make sense? Totally. And one of the images that always comes up for me whenever it comes to thought forms, and I can easily become attached to any thought, like whether it's something that I really, really want, or maybe it's a negative thought, I can become really attached to my thoughts. And one thing that I've learned, and that I really think journaling helps with, and so many tools in the book help you with, in your book, are really loosening your grip around that thought. So one of the visualizations I use for this is imagine you're holding like a tennis ball and you're holding it really super tight and you can't see the space in between your hand and the tennis ball. And that's kind of you grabbing onto a thought. And I think that the tools in your book and journaling, um, what they really help you do is question that thought and they help you loosen your grip on it. So the tennis ball is still there. That's the thought. The thought is still there. It's not that that thought is untrue, but whenever you loosen your grip on it, you can kind of see the space around the thought and you can see where other thoughts may be true also, just as much as the thought that you've got. So you create space around it to then reprogram it and to have new thoughts. Maybe you say, you know what, I don't like the way this tennis ball looks at all. I think I'm going to throw it and get a new ball. You know, whatever that might be. But I'm kind of taking that metaphor a little bit too far. But um, that's kind of how I imagine it as well. Um, Emily, how... Are you here? Mm -hmm. Are you here with us? I am here. How, how you do? So, <laughs> hi. No, I I love what you were saying a minute ago about how um how you can go into it into journaling with like some negativity because I am totally one of those guilty people that like I'm going to journal when I need to journal because I'm mad about something or I'm tired or I'm restless or I or I need to get the negativity out. 
But what I found is the longer that I journal, um, and something I've found myself evolving into a lot, especially over the last couple of months, has been like getting that negativity out and then instead of the conversation even turning more positive, though that's definitely part of it, is it really ending with this, uh, with intention setting and like action steps. So like even taking it a step further and saying like, you know, here's how I felt, here's how I should be reframing it and feeling, and here's what the hell I'm going to do about it. Yeah. Um, and I found that like that for me has been really huge. Like the more boss you get, the more shit I have in my head, the more I need to get out. And it helps me cope with it really well. Yeah, I relate to that a lot. Like, it's about not stopping journaling too early, I think is really what we're talking about here. And it's about, you know, I think that first step is so important. That's why I wrote the morning dump exercise as I did. Because what what I have people do in that exercise, and it sounds like what you're doing naturally, Emily, is first you've got to let it out. Like you've got to just get the junk out of your mind. And I, I think it's fine to – sometimes I feel – pregnant with a need to journal, right? Like something will come up in my life that is, you know, intense or makes me feel a lot of feelings or I just need to process in some way, just like I would process with a therapist or a coach or, you know, a friend. Like I will process that with myself first. And so that's the part about letting it out, just getting all the negative stuff out. But then I think what's really important is to not stop there. Like stopping there might just keep you in a negative or pull you in further. I think what you need to do is what Emily did naturally, which is like keep going until you get yourself action steps of like, okay, I'm feeling this way, but now that I can see that and now I've got it out of my head onto the page, I can decide, all right, well, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I can delegate this or I can, you know, ask my assistant to do this or I can get these three things done before I even look at my inbox or I can, you know, get a massage today today or I can whatever, 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 right? So I think that's really important to do and then you know, in this this dump exercise that I was saying, I have people first let out all the stuff in their mind and then connect to gratitude right away. So, like, think about a couple of things that you're grateful for that you do have, and that'll pull you into the positive. And then from there, you can think about, you know, in the vortex or whatever, in those, like, positive good energy, in your wellness wonderland, if you want to call it, right? Like, you're feeling like a boss. And then from there, you can think about what you want, and you can write about that a little bit, and what you want that day to be like. Um, And then you can go into your day with an intention, you know where you're at. Like, you can't figure out where you're going unless you know where you're at. And so that's really important. And I think, Emily, you were doing that exact thing. You were figuring out where you're at by just writing about it first without judgment. And then from there, you were sorting through where you're going, where you're headed, the direction that you want to be. In this episode about journaling and really any topic we could ever discuss about adjusting priorities so that you have the freedom to do what you want and need to live a boss life, it always comes back to one thing, making time. Now, obviously you can't make time, but you can reorganize how you spend your time so that you have the time to do what you want while still getting everything that needs to be done accomplished. You can be more efficient with the tasks that are already on your plate so that the things you have to do take less time to do them. For me, my inbox and my calendar are two parts of my business that could easily suck every bit of time and soul from me if I let them, but I don't. Instead, I use Acuity Scheduling to make the processes around scheduling meetings a piece of cake. 
It automates the hullabaloo around getting folks scheduled up for meetings, from meeting with potential clients to servicing booked clients, and even giving friends some FaceTime to reconnect. Schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. Sign up for a free 60-day trial of Scheduling Sanity at acutiescheduling.com slash beingboss. Now, let's get back at it. One thing I love about your book is that whenever I started journaling again, I felt really juvenile because I think a lot of us probably had diaries as <laughs> angsty teenagers, right? But then... I had a kitty on the front. <laughs> I found one from whenever I was eight years old, and I talked so much about being terrified of divorce as an eight-year-old. Oh my god! Right? It's hilarious. <laughs> and it's funny because I've actually been divorced, and I want to like go... Pat my eight-year-old self on the back. You and survived. Like, it's fine. It's no <laughs> big deal. Why are you worried about this? You're eight. Um, okay. So anyway, one thing that I love about Let It Out is that there are so many prompts to not make you feel like an angsty eight-year-old who's freaking out about divorce, but maybe you're, you know, angsty thirty-year-old who's freaking out yeah. about divorce. Yeah. But what I love about it is that it's really practical and tactical. So it's not just about kind of helping you loosen your grip around certain feelings or skim the scum off the top of the pond. There are some really practical tools in there, like meal planning. Um, And one of my favorite ones is the monthly manifesto, which really helps you set an intention around your month, but then break it down into real life things that will help you live out your intention. Um, one is like cleaning out your closet. So I would love to hear from you. What is one of your favorite, like really practical, um, journaling prompts? And then what is one of your more, what what is one of your favorite, more conceptual journaling prompts? Ooh, cool. Okay. So there, I love writing journaling prompts. I didn't know that I did until I got this book deal and I like got this book deal and I like wrote the proposal and then I, I was like, oh no, now I have to write this. <laughs> How am I going to do it? You know? And I, they just came really easily to me. I, once I got the hang of it, you know, it was kind of like I built up some momentum and then I just couldn't stop. And so basically I had written the book and I just was like a out and about, you know, just living my life. And I would think of journaling tools and journaling prompts. And I had the same format that I would do when I was writing the book, which is I would just write the idea in my phone and then like end up writing the tool later and trying it on myself and trying it on guinea pigs. Um, And so I love these tools so much and I use them all the time and I'm constantly thinking of new ones. But, you know, my favorite and what I love about the book is that they're all really different. They're really unique. They're really diverse because, you know, we have all these different we all have super different lives. So I hope that my hope is that everyone reading this takes away, you know, at least like five to ten tools that work really well for them. And the other ones might be like fun to do every once in a while, but you know, they're maybe for other people. Um, and maybe there are people who will like all 55 of them. I don't know. But I'm really excited that people get to have their own experience with the book. But as far as my favorites personally right now, there's this one tool that's based on my favorite movie. And it's called the Happy Thank You More Please tool. Have you guys seen that movie? No. no. It's my favorite movie ever. Um, Wait, Josh what's Radner. It Happy Thank You More Please. Okay. It's all one word, but like there are a bunch of different words. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a fantastic movie. And there's this part in the in the movie where 
one of the characters is telling the story about how she's in the back of a taxi and the taxi driver says to her, you know, the key to happiness is gratitude. You do not give enough thanks. And she's like, oh, okay, well, how do I do that? And he was like, simple, say thank you. And after you say thank you, say more please. And what she goes on to speak about in the movie is that after you see something that you like that happened in your life, right? Like maybe you get a really great opportunity or you get married or, you know, it could be something as simple as like somebody pays for your coffee or, you know, you find $20 on the street or whatever it is, right? When something like that happens, big or small, simply say in your mind, thank you, and then say more, please. And that sends a sign to the universe. And I know I can like be woo-woo with you guys um, <laughs> and because I totally am. And it sends a sign to the universe to bring you more of that, right? You're saying happy thank you more, please. So this tool is actually called the happy thank you more, please tool. And what I have people do, and like you were saying, Kathleen, at the beginning, journaling can be done in a notebook and it also can be done on your phone or on your computer and I can talk about that more later and like what that's what I think about that but this particular tool and all my tools are meant to be done in different places there's some that can be done anywhere but there's some that need to be done on your phone there are some that need to be done in a notebook um, etc so I can get into that but with this tool in particular it's meant to be done on your phone so it's as simple as making a note on your phone that says happy thank you more please and every time you see something in life that like I said makes you happy put it in that note because it will remind you of that, right? And it will help you in the future actually look for that stuff. So you'll end up creating more of it because it's the same as, you know, gratitude, but it's right there in your phone. And then what I have you do later is looking at that, that note and then actually fleshing out those things of like, why did they make you happy? You know, how can you create more of them? And there's some more steps to it, but that's, you know, just a simple thing people can start doing now is just put that note in your phone. And then every time you see something good happen in your life, just like when you're bored and you could be scrolling Instagram, or you could be, you know, doing something less productive on your phone, just like write a couple of things down while you're waiting in line, you know, at the bank or something. So, or, you know, while you're like on the toilet. Um, <laughs> I'm like always on my phone on the toilet. So I hope that's not I weird. I love that you admit that. Sometimes I'll watch people's <laughs> periscopes from the toilet and then I'm so embarrassed. Like, oh my God, what if they can see me? <laughs> I know, right? Like my my friend, a couple of my friends like know this about me that every day when I'm Instagramming is when I'm on the toilet. It's just what I do. It's just That's David. That is totally David. I he will go to the bathroom and then I get all these notifications that he's liking my photos and I yell at him. I'm like, David, do not like my photos while you're taking a poop. Okay, oh my I gosh. I hope guys. you don't mind if I do. <laughs> I once had my... So we have a Wi-Fi speaker or like a Bluetooth speaker in our house where we can turn on Spotify from our phone and <laughs> play it through the speaker. <laughs> I can't wait to see what this is. I know. I'm already laughing so <laughs> <I know>. hard. <laughs> so whenever you have a toddler in the house, like you start to spend more and more time in the bathroom. Well, now I totally see why... My parents were, like, always in the bathroom whenever we were kids. So I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom, and I'm sitting in there playing this game called Threes. It's, like, one of my favorite iPhone games. Yes. Uh-huh. Love that and game. And Jeremy can totally hear it on the Bluetooth Wi-Fi <laughs> Oh, that's speaker. so funny. And I come out, and he's like, what were you doing? And I was like, nothing. He's like, I heard you. 
Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny you said that about being a parent because now that I – because I was like, oh, I don't remember, like, you know, my mom being in the bathroom. But now I actually do because I remember her saying, like, as a child, I must have been very little, and I would, like, be, like, knocking or trying to get in the bathroom. She would always be like, I need five minutes of peace. (laughs) That was, like, her line. (laughs) So you can use that one. Yeah. Parenting 101. Five minutes of peace. Man, can I just say, like, this morning, Fox was torturing me. Like, he he woke me up at 5 a.m. I need a journal about this. He woke me up at 5 a.m. And he's, like, really insistent. He's like, get out of bed, mommy. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, son, you can go back to bed. Get on the couch. We watch Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, I want to come over. That sounds like a great morning. Do you want to snuggle on the couch? I'll make you, I'll I'll heat you up a frozen waffle. We'll watch Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, that sounds amazing, actually. (laughs) It's it's a pretty good morning for like having to wake up at 5 a.m. Oh, and I don't know if I'm PMSy or what, but I'm bawling watching Where the Wild Things Aww. Are. Like no, that Max, movie will do it to me. Whenever Max PMS goes back not. home. Oh. Yeah, oh. And I think it's something about Carol being played by, uh, oh, man, what is that guy's name from Sopranos? I love him, and he died. Oh, James Gandolfini? Yeah, James Gandolfini. And then, like, hearing his voice. Ah. Anyway. All this to say, I went back to bed, and 30 minutes later, Fox is like, get out, Mommy. Aww. Get out of bed. And I was like, go get Daddy. I need help. <laughs> like, I need some windows open. I need sunshine in my eyes. I cannot get up. Anyway. I just need five more minutes. <laughs> okay. Sorry for that tangent there. No, I loved it. Back to journaling. <laughs> and just, you know, wellness in general. Um, oops, sorry. Emily, do you have any questions? Sorry, I just realized I'm like, blah, 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 blah. No, it's fine. No, I I think I want to hear from you a little bit about or f- some tips for someone who is just trying to get into journaling. And I'm asking this question for a couple of reasons, one of which being um, I've had this conversation with a couple of friends about like just getting into journaling and collecting notebooks and not actually ever getting started. Are you talking about me, Emily Thompson? No. <laughs> Are you talking no, but about should yourself? I? Like I have well, a friend. And, and I am one of those. I am totally one of those. Yeah. Like for a really long time, I just collected notebooks and with the idea of like I'd find one and be like oh totally gonna journal and so I'd buy notebooks and David actually like had to put a ban (laughs) on me bringing more notebooks into the house but now I journal and use them I have this problem too Emily and I have a different notebook for different things so I have a notebook for client notes I have a notebook for like my tarot journaling, I have different notebooks for all these different things, but then eventually I become lazy and I'm struck with inspiration. And so then all of a sudden I'm writing my most personal feelings ever in a client notebook. And I'm always paranoid. I'm going to leave it in a coffee shop and everyone's going to know my darkest secrets. So I'm kind of curious too about like just getting started with journaling, but then also the actual tactics of yeah. The also notebooks. managing all notebooks. the notebooks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have lots to say about all of that. So first of all, I completely understand. And I was kind of going through the same thing. And as I was writing the book, I really started to realize a couple of things about myself with journaling and the process of it, like you said. So I think, first of all, we have enough to do's in our life, right? Like we have enough 
things that we're supposed to do, that we need to do, that we want to do, that making ourselves wrong for not journaling consistently or at the right time or any of that. I just want to like, as the journaling cheerleader enthusiast, person who just wrote a book about it, like let's just let all of that go, right? So like people always ask me like, aren't you supposed to journal first thing in the morning or aren't you supposed to journal right before bed or like, no, you can journal both of those times or neither or at lunch or whenever you have a free second or, you know, once a week, every day, whenever it works for you, you know, like I, what you guys were saying with like journaling when something is up in your life, right? When you're feeling like a funky feeling that you need to sort through. I think that's very common and I call that SOS journaling. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of times I'm an SOS journaler where it's like, whoa, I'm feeling a lot of feelings. I really need to process what just happened here and I'll journal about it. But there are other times when I'm just, it's more of maintenance journaling. And so I think it's about having a good mix of both where you're journaling, you know, just as maintenance to, you know, check in with yourself. Like, oh, how am I doing? I'm pretty good today, whatever. Or, you know, really high journaling, right? When you're like really flying high and like everything's fantastic, your life is really flowing and moving in this beautiful way. It's good to journal then too. And then of course, you know, the time when we all, you know, want to journal when you really have something that you need to let out. So I think all of those things are really great. And my book really helps, you know, give people different ways to to journal where it's not like, you know, sometimes just like it's really good the next day of work to have your to-do list done the night before, before you just like sit down at your desk and you're like, I have so much to do, where could I even start? You know, that's kind of what my book is for. It helps people be like, oh, I'm going to just do this one tool that she outlines exactly what to do. So I don't even have to think about it. You know, that's a really great way to, to get started with it. And then, you know, another way to get started is just to ask yourself a good question, you know, and see what comes up. And as far as the organization of the actual physical journals and all of that, I found for me, like I said, when I was writing the book and thinking about my journals, I too have a lot of journals. And what happened for me is kind of like what happened, you know, with you, Emily, and and David was telling you to like pump the brakes on the journal buying is that (laughs) I was actually getting gifted journals a ton because I was like talking about journaling a lot and I was, you know, people knew that this book was coming out. And so people just started to gift me these beautiful like anthropology journals and moleskin and Shinola journals and they were fantastic. And thank you everyone. But I found that some of them are so beautiful that I didn't want to like write in, write in, you know, like I would use them for lists maybe, or like you said, you know, organizing things like clients or things of that nature, but I wasn't able to be raw and real and authentic in these journals like I could, you know, maybe on my computer or or something like that, right? But I think it's very important to do the actual, I think writing and journaling on your computer is totally fine. I think it's sometimes very useful because sometimes I just need to process something and I can't even be bothered to like go find the right notebook, right? And by the time I go like find the right notebook, like the the moment has passed, you know? It's like I'm not into it anymore, you know, or I forgot or something came up that I need to handle or whatever, right? So that's why I think it's important to just like not judge what time you're doing it, where you're doing it, and just do it. That's really important. But going back to what I was saying before, which is like these beautiful journals sometimes feel too special and 
to, you know, really be raw and real and cross off, you know, and that hand to paper movement, like you were saying, it's like a physical thing that can be really powerful. And on your computer, there's only so much power you can do without like breaking your keys, you know, and, (laughs) and then like, that's an expensive thing to do. And, and like, if you look at a computer screen of journaling, like a Word doc or a Google doc with journaling from, you know, three feet away, whether the words are beautiful and positive or whether they're like, everything's terrible, I hate my life or whatever, like it's going to look the same, right? It's going to look the same. But if you looked at a journal entry handwritten from three feet away or four feet away or whatever, depending how bad your eyes are, right? You can very easily tell the emotion behind that, right? Like you can tell if things are crossed off or how hard the writing is on the page or how big the letters are. Like you can tell something about what the feeling is. So I think it's really important to let that feeling out into a journal. But sometimes those really pretty journals don't allow me to have the freedom to do that because I I start to find myself, even though it's not my intention, I find myself filtering because this journal's just too damn pretty, you know? So one thing that I say to do in the book and has been really, really helpful for me and actually how I got the idea for journaling, how I started journaling, like after that one notebook I got is I had this legal pad that I think my mom, I like stole from my mom's office and I just started like really writing in that, like really just like no judgment, no filter because it was a freaking legal pad, you know, and (laughs) it gave me so much freedom. So I always tell people have a legal pad on hand, you know, they're super cheap. You can order like a bunch of them on Amazon for like really cheap. I always have them in this like trunk I'm looking at right now, right by my desk. And I, that's what I do something like the morning dump or my morning pages in. And I just really like let my feelings out or, you know, even like a little just composition notebook. I have one right here actually in front of me as we speak and something like that, something that's like super cheap, really easy. Like, and I just throw them away when I'm done. You know, I don't, I don't go back through and look at them. I just needed it to process my emotions and feelings and cross things off and rip things out and maybe throw things away or crumble things up or rip them up or burn them or whatever. I can do that and I don't feel bad. It's not, you know, going, it's not like creeping into my to-do list or my client projects or my whatever. And I think that that's really helpful for me. And then one other thing that I do is like you guys were saying, I have different journals for different things. So I do use one of those pretty journals for gratitude where I have a a tool in the book that's like the everything you could ever know about gratitude journaling. It gives a bunch of different ways and I can talk more about that if, if you want. But I have the special journal that's just for gratitude that I use. And that one, you know, it is all positive stuff because it's all gratitude. I'm doing it in a couple of different ways, but it's all positive. So I, I don't feel bad. You know, I don't have to worry about not being authentic and real because it's just gratitude. And then I have another journal that's really beautiful that like a local artist made that's really pretty. And in that one, I write down quotes that I hear that I like. So if I hear something on being boss or on you made it weird or in my daily life, I'm like, something I overhear at a coffee shop or whatever, I'll sometimes write them down on my phone and then later, I just did this today actually, I'll write them out in the, after a while, when they pile up, I'll write them all out one by one in this journal and I don't know, it's just something kind of weird that I do with myself. I've never really talked about it before but 
it, I like it because sometimes I'll go through and I'll just read those quotes. I like the process of actually handwriting them from my phone into this journal. It's fun for me and I enjoy it and sometimes I'll Snapchat it like I did today and it helps me remember them and remember why I why my ears perked up at that quote, you know, or whatever it is. And they're really diverse and it's everything from like Jimi Hendrix to Ben Folds to Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, like I'll write it all down in this journal. And then that way, like when I need to pick me up, I can flip through it. But that's why I do have a bunch of journals for a bunch of different things. But I think having that legal pad, that's my favorite journal. I love that you mentioned that you throw them away because... I was going there, too. You throw them away? so I do that, too, (laughs) and I've regretted it um, a lot of times because there are so many times in my life, like whenever Jeremy and I got together, it was a pretty scandalous thing, and then I was all embarrassed about it, and now I really wish I had the calendars that I kept then and the journals that I kept then for reference I even made him delete all the emails in between us because I was just so, it was just too much. It was so intense. And now I'm like, oh, I wish we hadn't deleted all that stuff and thrown all of it away. Um, So I'm one of those people that definitely gets embarrassed by my journals and then I throw them away. Um, But lately I've been interested in keeping, and this is why I like the idea of having one journal, even for work and stuff, because I'm all about the work-life blend. I love the idea of having just one big journal And then reading back through it and being able to see patterns between, okay, what's going on in work? What's going on in life? How do I feel about those things? You know, and really being able to see what the blend and balance is there. Um, Or, you know, even the spiritual balance. So if I'm doing a lot of tarot readings or a lot of like magic in my life, then, or, you know, if I'm recognizing synchronicities, like what is happening in my work and life that's making those happen? So I love the idea of having something all in one place. Um, anyway, but you mentioning it, throwing it away, it actually kind of made me feel better about having thrown away a lot of my old journals too. Yeah, I mean, I don't throw them away. Like, I should like clarify that. I don't go back and read them is really what I meant. Like, I actually do keep them. Sometimes since I was journaling, especially before, quite a lot, some of the legal pads that were just, you know, stuff that I, there weren't really any ideas in there. It was just kind of stuff that I, I've thrown away some of the legal pads, but because I've just gone through so many. However, like I have these composition notebooks and I always have one that's like my main journal, right? Like I have that gratitude one. I have a quote one. I have those like baby ones, you know, but this is like my main staple guy. And I keep this thing with me all the time until I need a new one. And what I do with it when I'm done is I just put it on the shelf. And I don't really go back and look at them. I have before and it is really magical actually to see. And I actually just did this today. I was putting something away and I I happened to open a journal and I literally had the book cover of this book and this was years before I even had a book deal or I even had like you know nothing right and I had literally written out I'd like sketched the the cover how I wanted it to be and now I have that and so that was like really special and cool I'll like text you guys the picture I'll probably like post it on Instagram later and like yeah we want to see yeah it was like I had shivers because I was like oh my god it's so weird like the exact photo the exact like everything I thought of because like there's this photo on the book of, of me like holding a journal in front of my face and that photo wasn't even taken yet but I like knew I was gonna like do that and I just like wrote I like had it in my mind and I was just like a college student that was like 
like, I think I want to write a book, <laughs> you know, and then I and then I did, and I, I had, you know, I wanted Gabby Bernstein to write the forward of the book, and I wrote that down, and I had that, and I was like, man, I really, like, secreted that, like, that really, like, happened, you know, so sometimes it is really fun to have those journals and go back and look through them, and then sometimes it's, it's, really cool to see how far you've come. You know, I was writing down these things that, you know, I've been like, wow, I actually don't feel that way anymore. Or I've really come a long way. Um, and I don't spend too much time doing that because I don't want to get like drawn into like, oh, maybe I should feel that way again, you know, so I don't <laughs> usually do that. But, um, but yeah, I don't really throw them away. I throw away maybe some legal pads, but I just don't go back and read them. I don't think that that's necessary unless you really want to like look at something. I want to recommend to Kathleen to get a bullet journal. <laughs> okay, Emily, I know that you've talked about this before, but I know nothing about it. What's that? Yeah, I don't either. Okay, so it's so my journaling history is spotty in terms of like traditional just sitting down and writing journaling. But and Kathleen asked me this years ago, like asked me if I journaled and I was like, no. And she mentioned the fact that I keep like sincerely detailed like calendars and to do lists. And so for me, that's kind of like my form of like consistent journaling. Like I do a lot of SOS journaling for sure. But I really consistently keep um, a really good just sort of running notebook of like what I'm doing every day in terms of what meetings I have and what tasks I have and also just like just little notes about my day. And that's kind of what a bullet journal is. You can like look it up on Pinterest or Google it or whatever. Um, There are tons of them and like some people get really artsy fartsy with them. They're pretty magnificent. Um, But the idea of it is just to keep this like single journal. It's relatively stylistic in terms of like your to-dos are bullet points and you have like a different little icon for meetings and you have a different little icon for notes and some people like incorporate weather data some people I, I like to do my like tarot card of the day as part of that as well um, and you just sort of take a notebook you can take any notebook and divide it up or not even divide it up just start you start on one page you write down what your meetings are meetings and appointments are what tasks you need to do for the day and just as you go throughout the day mark them off keep some notes and then keep whatever other information on there that you want. I do my my card of the day. Um, I like to sort of end my day sometimes with like a little note of like how I felt or how things went and just go from day to day. I have not been really religious with it over the past month. I've almost been too busy, which is kind of a nonsense thing to say regarding it. Um, but it's a really cool way of incorporating kind of all the things that are in your life because again, and I have my bullet journal, but I also have like several other notebooks in my life. But I have been like, um, or it was like slowly consolidating them all into that one notebook. Um, so it's just a kind of a nice, like quick way to sort of record things that are happening in your day, what things you need to accomplish, but also what you're feeling and any other data you want so that you can have this really cool, long-term short view look at what your life is like and how it's evolving. I love that so much. And I kind of do that too. Um, in my like main journal that I was saying, it's very similar to that. And I even sometimes like cut things out and paste things in there. And I, it's kind of like a weird, like planner, journal, diary, scrapbook, all in one. And yeah, I, I love that, Emily. Good. Yeah. Google it. Bullet journal. They're all the rage. Very cool. (laughs) Okay. Katie, you reference and mention and surround yourself with so many amazing people who is really inspiring you right now? Ooh, 
Well, you guys, of course. Shoot. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I'll say, in addition to that, you know, um, well, I'll say, can I say two people? Of course. You can say as okay. many people as you want. Okay, cool. You can say both Kathleen and I <laughs> if you want. Okay. <laughs> First of all, both of you guys, and let me give, like, a couple. This is, like, my favorite thing to do, honestly, is, like, introduce people to cool people that I love, you know, even if I just know them in like an internet sort of a way. So um, Pete Holmes, who we already mentioned, I think he's really top-notch and fantastic, and his girlfriend Valerie. Um, they both really inspire me. Pete's a comedian. He hosts a podcast, if people are unfamiliar. Um, he is very inquisitive with himself. He's super self-aware in addition to being hilarious. And he's really into woo-woo stuff. And I relate to him a lot and I relate to the way he has his conversations. And so he's very inspiring to me. Um, Also, Josh Radner, who I mentioned earlier because I love his movies. Um, He, his movie, Happy Thank You More Please, he wrote, direct, and starred in. And he wrote, and directed and starred in the movie Liberal Arts as well. Um, and he was also in that show, How I Met Your Mother. I, I haven't watched it, but um, but yeah, he was in that. And he's just a really cool dude, also really into spiritual stuff and meditation and, again, really self-aware. And I just gravitate towards people who are creative and very self-aware, and I think that's something that both of them have in common. And actually... Josh Radner was a guest on the You Made It Weird podcast a couple months ago, like this fall. And I literally like said out loud to my friend when it like downloaded to my phone, I was like, this is the best day of my life (laughs) because the two of them together are like amazing. And then it was crazy too, because the next week, another person who really inspires me, and I think you guys um, really like her as well, Elizabeth Gilbert was on the podcast on you made it weird and I was like oh my god this is like too much good in my phone at this one time like I was freaking out um so she's another one that really inspires me I think her book uh her newest book or second newest book I guess um is big magic and I read it in a day it was just I really enjoyed that book I think it's required reading for really everyone I think we're all creative I think we're all curious people and I just really enjoyed that book it helped me a lot um, so Elizabeth Gilbert, and then can I? I'll, I could literally go keep all day, go, so you have to going. you have to just stop me. <laughs> but um, Alexi Wasser is someone else that really inspires me. I'm not sure if you guys know her, oh. but she has a podcast also on the Nerdist Network. It's called Love Alexi, and she's been a blogger forever. She has this blog called I Am Boy Crazy, and it's really funny and lighthearted. And I just think she's really fun and cool and smart and goofy and just like a total boss and I really enjoy her podcast where she kind of frames them as dates with people and she just asks them really personal questions has like a really authentic long-form conversation much like we're having much like Pete Holmes has just a really fun conversation so I'm really enjoying her and then someone else that I'm super obsessed with is Tavi Gevinson and she's yeah I love her so much she's fantastic she's like my dream podcast guest um She's really cool, and for people that don't know her, she started a style blog, a fashion blog, when she was, like, 13 years old from her Midwestern home. Maybe that's why I like her so much, because I'm Midwestern, too. But she really blew up and started this magazine for teenage girls called Rookie Magazine, and it's something that I just so wish that I would have had when I was 13 years old, and I read it now, and I'm not 13 years old, (laughs) but... um, 
you know, I think in our 20s, we're, it's kind of just like the second adolescence that no one really tells you about, that you're just like completely alone for, that you're just trying to, you know, kind of get your stuff together and figure out, like you're putting together Ikea furniture, but with no directions, <laughs> you know? And so I think that I still read Rookie to like navigate my 20s, um, and I probably will read it in my 30s. So I think she's just fantastic and, again, very self-aware and creative and cool. Um, so she's someone that I really look up to. Um, I could literally go on forever. Um, I'm really but into – I'll stop there. Have you been listening to any Anna Ferris Unqualified? She has a new podcast out. No. So it's the, it's the actress from – you would recognize her, like House Bunny and – She's also in Scary cool. Movie 3. She's blonde. She's married to Chris Pratt. Cool. Anyway, cool. her name is... I know the name for sure. Anna Ferris, and she down. recently had Jenny Slate, who is my ultimate oh, crush. I, I love her. I love her. I'm obsessed her. with her. You know, I think I um, really discovered my love for Jenny Slate on Pete Holmes. Oh, yeah. Like she was Have on you there. seen... And I said, Man, um, I just want to be her. Oh, she's so, she's like, I love her so much. Have you seen Marcel the Shell and Avi's Child? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. They're both equally amazing. Emily, are you listening to anything new lately? We haven't even talked about this. Oh, I haven't. I, w- I was actually, I knew you were going to be asking me this soon. And <laughs> I was going to have to say, I haven't listened to any podcast at working. all. I know. I haven't, like, I can barely listen to my family speak to me <laughs> these, <laughs> these days. No, I haven't listened to anything lately, like anything at all. Maybe someday, really soon, I can get something inspirational going in my ears. Okay, Katie, obviously people can find your book, Let It Out. They can find you on your podcast at Wellness Wonderland. You can just look that up in iTunes. But where else can our listeners find you? Yeah, my website is just myname.com, so katiedalebout.com. Um, I'm at katiedalebout on all social media, Snapchat, we got Instagram, you know, everywhere, and I'm there a lot, maybe from the toilet. <laughs> um, not always from the toilet, people. Um, now I'm always going to comment with oh little uh, smiling <laughs> with the Oh my gosh, I can't believe I outed this on here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where you find me, and you can download my um quick start guide to the wellness wonderland which is basically what we've been talking about at the end so if you want more like podcasts i'm loving food i'm loving people i'm loving videos i'm loving anything i I, like constantly update it and it's just the katie's favorite things which i always like say in my oprah voice because it's like my favorite thing that i do so you get that and then you get to be on my email list where i send you know really fun emails so yeah, this has just been a blast. I can't believe when you were like telling people where they could find me, I'm like, what do you mean? Don't we have like two more hours? Like this went by so fast. So it was such an honor to be here. And I, you know, really adore both of you guys. It's been so much fun hanging out. And if yes. you want to talk more, bring us on to Wellness Wonderland. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. But you I mean, know it. Not, but. <laughs> To be continued, we will do a part two of this conversation um, at my house. Yes, yes. Like, could we just have a sleepover? Even whenever you were talking to Jesse Artigue, I was like, oh my God, I felt, I kept wanting to talk to you guys. Like, I felt like we needed to all have one big sleepover and talk about all the things. Maybe that's something we need to talk about offline. Maybe we could do like a live, like 
webinar situation or we could just like have a sleepover and periscope it or I don't know like a being boss vacation we could do like a being boss wellness wonderland live podcast sleepover I'm so glad where do you live Katie I live in Detroit oh yeah I had no idea I mean not like oh but like I I thought you were in New York or I know everyone thinks I'm in New York which is funny maybe because it's eastern time but literally and I'm I'm there a lot um for for stuff, but it's it's funny that everyone thinks that. But yeah, no, I'm in Detroit. I'm in the Midwest, so you guys can come here. I'll go anywhere. I love traveling. We gotta we gotta figure this out. You know, I think I can get a direct flight to Detroit, and um, it's pretty quick. And I've never really explored Detroit. I was there once during that. Do you remember that huge power outage? Like yeah, ten or twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah, you were here. Whenever that happened. Oh my gosh. For like an Iggy and the Stooges reunion show. Wow. And so then it didn't happen. So we turned around and drove 18 hours back <gasps> home. That's I was in college fire. at the time. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Yeah. People I were selling like bottles happened. of water for $100. <gasps> what? Yeah. It was insane. That is intense. And I remember we like thought that we were going to die. So we went to the grocery store. I remember buying a tin of tuna. And like, like you would think that all of a sudden it was the apocalypse. And yeah. I just remember eating tuna out of the tin. Like, I don't know why oh all of a sudden thought I was going to go hungry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. I was like at a friend's house. I think I was like, I was like. 13 or 10 or something and I remember like we like camped outside or something (laughs) it was summer (laughs) totally okay um I have I never know how to end these things you would think I think we just tie it up in a bow like that was so fun or we just like keep talking for two hours this is fantastic (laughs) right and then Corey will kill us yeah Well, thanks again so much, Katie, for joining us. It was so fun talking to you. I could talk to you all day. Um, yeah, so thanks. Thank you guys so much for having me. Obviously, I love so you. So awkward. So bye. No, it's okay. We're going to continue this conversation on my podcast super soon. So I can't wait. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode, listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. And if you're looking for a community of bosses to help take your creative business to the next level, be sure to check out our exclusive community at beingboss.club clubhouse where you get access to our closed and very vibrant Slack group, monthly Q&A calls with Kathleen and myself, a book club, and more. Cultivate your tribe and find your wolf pack at beingboss.club slash clubhouse. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.